We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. We're back. We're back. How long has it been? Uh, just one one week off. That's up. Okay. We were, we were depressed. Yeah, right. Yeah, we we chickened out of doing a pod after the Yankees get, got swept by the hated Astros. <laughs> For people on YouTube, Matt is providing some comedy. He's providing something. <laughs> My face is just naturally funny. Hmm. <laughs> you do look so much younger without the facial hair. It's really so, interesting. So with, when I had the mustache... I was told I looked five years older. And then when the mustache went away, I was told I looked 10 years younger. I could definitely see that. Yep. I could definitely see that. Is this the first time? When When's the last time you went without facial hair? Like completely clean shaven like this? Uh, probably about a year. Wait, really? It's only. What? Yeah. I don't remember ever seeing. We've been doing the pod that long and we didn't see you clean shaven. Pretty sure. Really? Maybe not. Maybe I've been a lazy bones for a little while longer than that. Okay. Well, let me rephrase the question. Why did you go clean shaven a year ago? And when's the last time that you went clean shaven for more than a week? Uh, I don't remember either. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the last time I did go clean shaven, though, I was like, trying to trim the beard and I made a mistake and it's like ah, and I was like well shit it's got to go <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, it's quite a sight mm-hmm. definitely hop over to face or uh, Facebook YouTube <laughs> yeah I, I'm trying to remember the comment the, the description uh, friend of the podcast Matt Seemler had I think it was like you look like like you're ready to yell at a youth baseball team or something. I can't remember mm, what it was. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you're reminding me of someone. You're you're now that you're clean shaven, your face is kind of reminding me of somebody. I can't think of who it is. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's why I keep the beard off on. Uh huh. For comedy though, that's pretty good. Can't deal yeah. with it. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, let's uh, let's talk about our beers. Uh, I know people have been wondering what we've been drinking the past couple of weeks. I know they've been dying to know. Yeah, you gotta start, Colin. Come on. All right, I am drinking. Getting it out of my glazed <sighs> orange. Oh, nice. That root. What do you think? What do you think? It's it's not the milkshake version. Yeah, when I typed it into untap that was the first thing that came up and i yeah. got i got sad it's like mm. the milkshake version's even better yeah um, yeah that no, one, this, this is good blazed orange is one of the few beers i will buy on repeat uh because i like it that much normally i don't buy the same beer twice it's very rare that i do oh. who makes it uh hop butcher for the world where are they out of chicago chicago okay but every once in a while, I'm lucky, and uh, a couple of their of their tasty beverages make it to the the silly juice store near me. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I like blood orange in general, so I'm I'm definitely all. I, I, I most fruit. I don't like super fruity beers. Um, 
Like I don't. It's I don't got the orange in it actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just got hops in there. It's just mm. super citrus. Mm. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. You would know better though, Matt. And like, if there's even a difference between a quote unquote fruity beer and like a sour beer, for example, mm. I don't. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You can dedicate a whole other podcast to that. Ethan, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? The Matt Root Beer uh, Beer Masterclass Podcast. Um, I have also <laughs> courtesy of Mr. Matt Root. Awesome. Me and me and Colin are just like constantly uh, just like drinking beers that Matt sent to us. Um, oh, okay, which is a collab between Other Half and the OK Beer Company. Just a regular old IPA, not a double or a triple, which is shocking. Um, coming from, you know, a brewery like other half, I feel like everything is like a double or a triple these days. So it's only 5.5%, which is, uh, very low, uh, for, for these kind of beers, or at least for what other half usually does. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's good. It's not it's as, beer. yeah, it's, I mean, I'll still take this over like any beer that you would get at like a run of the mill bar, you know, like your, your, your national domestics and shit, shit like that or whatever. But <clears throat> it's definitely not like their, uh, their top notch shit. But what I was going to ask is this okay beer company I haven't heard of before. I haven't either. So that that's, um, I don't even know okay. they, what they're out of, where they're based out of. Now this so. is, this is might be a first. Seriously. Okay. Beer company. Maru not knowing, uh, a bre- the brewery, uh, rundown. Ooh. Off the top of his head. So, Ethan, do you mm. have the can with you? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing then the, the pull tab is probably blue, right? Yes, it is. Ah, uh, okay. Pull tab so, is blue. Um, blue pull tab means it was brewed at their Rochester, uh, Canandaigua location. No. Oh. The OK Beer Company is in Honeyo Falls. Honeyoy Falls. Honeyoy, whatever yeah. weird name that is. Yeah, one of the um, Rochester suburbs ish. Which is interesting. Um, you guys yeah. remember thirty miles um, away, something like that. Uh, there was a brewery down there called. They had the only beer I can remember was like um, it was called CBs or Custom Brew Crafters. Um, in Rochester, in Honeyoy Falls. I've never actually been there before. Um, there was a brewery down there called Custom Brew Crafters. They made a beer that was popular in upstate New York called uh, Alpha Monkey caged alpha monkey i think oh interesting okay um and they made a couple others they made like a mix scruffy's scotch ale or something they were largely um not uh, largely just meh beers i i visited them once and was like kind of mad that i went out of my way to go there that kind Mm -hmm. of place um but uh, it looks like the okay beer company is now in their spot so Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Custom Brew Crafters closed a long time ago. Very. And the reason they were called Custom Brew Crafters is because they they tried pioneering the the brew the beer or the the brewing model of like if Collins Bar wanted their own special beer, they could brew Collins beer at Custom mm. Brew Crafters, but it, they didn't brew good beer. So, oh, um, cool idea. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, all right, interesting, interesting. I also have another other half beer. I have. It's actually, as I'm thinking about it, um, almost a year old. I got this last year at Pastry Town in New York City. It's called Over One Billion Served. It's a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with vanilla soft serve ice cream, pecans, cacao nibs or cacao, and sea salt. Interesting. And? It clocks in at a whopping 15%. Holy fuck. Um, That's getting wasted. I probably should have drank it a little fresher really i thought these kind of stouts uh, got better as they age no um your run-of-the-mill bourbon barrel stout yes but heavy adjunct beers heavy heavy adjunct meaning all um, like tons of stuff. those additions yeah yeah they recommend drinking within six months so yeah like other half says keep cold and please drink within six months ah uh, so, so you're, you're six months late okay yeah um but it's still tasty still you get some of the nuts. You get some of the uh, ice cream in there. So it's tasty. Okay. I actually almost I almost opened a sm- even stronger beer tonight, but I'm saving that. Yeah. Special yeah. occasion. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. 
Nice. I have, right. I have two questions before we talk about likely baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first question is for Ethan. Uh, you said you would be here at 830 and you did not show up until at least one minute, if not two minutes late. I'm just wondering. <clears throat> 832 or 833. It was like that. Okay. Uh-huh. For me, being within three minutes of the time that I said is a fucking miracle. You should be on your knees thanking Christ right now. Okay. <laughs> that I managed that. All right. Basically, I overestimated the time that it was going to take me to heat up my food, eat my food, and get all my shit downstairs. So I should have said 832, 835 range. <laughs> I will never make this mistake again. I will always give a range. Maybe next time I'll say, I'll be there at some point between 830 and 1030. uh, that's usually what it is (laughs) (laughs) i think we got the title of this episode you should be on your knees thank you christ (laughs) (laughs) oh that should be like a ringtone (laughs) oh jesus christ uh, terrible all right uh second question is for both of you Uh, i i thought of this because matt of you drinking a, a beer that's like you know been aged a little bit for lack of a better word do you think that we should do a special episode or two episodes where we like do fancy wine one night or do like fancy bourbon or something something that ages you know for for a long time and uh you know just mix it up i can crack open the the liquor cabinets so I think this is a really interesting idea, <clears throat> and it's funny that you're bringing it up now because this uh, just came up here in our house recently. We had a little Halloween get-together um, over the weekend, and um, I was gifted last week a, a bottle of wine by one of my families. They knew it was my birthday, and they and they gave me a bottle of wine. And this family, they like to drink nice wine. You know, they're, they're very classy, all this kind of thing, right? So I was curious. I Googled the wine while we were at the party on Saturday. On average, like 65, 70 bucks <clears throat> for a bottle. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's like a nice bottle. That's, you know, that's like uh, four times more than I would ever spend on, on a <laughs> bottle of on a bottle of wine. Now, and the reason for that is uh, because as April Ludgate famously and correctly says <laughs> in Parks and Recreation, all wine tastes the same. Uh, if you spend more than five dollars on wine, you're being duped, whatever. You know, she goes on this whole rant. It's very good. And <clears throat> so for me. I will say this, we compared that nice wine to like a $5 wine that I had gotten at Aldi. Um, And in that case, the difference was very clear. I still wouldn't have been able to tell you that the nice wine was like $65 worth. Like I doubt that I would have been able to tell the difference between that one and say like a 20 or $30 bottle, maybe even some really good like 10 or $15, you know? Um, And what's funny about that, I can't remember if I told this story also, but when I used to work at the Barcelona wine bar, we would do wine tastings occasionally. And all of my coworkers, you know, all the other servers, right? They talk about like, oh yes, I'm tasting this and that and the other thing, getting notes of this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, you're all fucking full of shit. It's red wine. <laughs> like it's, it's red wine. It's maybe it's more bitter. Maybe it's more sweet. It's red wine. Okay. Don't, don't give me all this. Anyways. Um, I, I did think that it was very interesting. Uh, um, that this wine that I had been gifted was actually like pretty nice. And it did make me reflect on the fact that I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So if we were to do this on the pod, you know, I don't, I probably wouldn't, I don't know that I would spend the money on something fancy because I I don't think I would actually be able to tell the difference, but it would be fun to do like a blind test sometime. Well, yeah, um, I will start by saying I know very little about wine. Um, It's made from grapes. Oh, oh. (laughs) so that's it, man. Yeah. I was out there like smooshing yeah. like red crayons and yeah. and just hoping that I would. <laughs> um, but uh, kind of the and also not not um, that's a very nice gift that you got. Um, but yeah, very nice. Yeah, the the mantra that I've been told to kind of stick by is the um, stick in the kind of fifteen to twenty dollar range if you're looking for a nice bottle, unless you know what you're talking about. Because I was told the difference between like an eight dollar bottle. In an $18 bottle is going to be probably pretty, pretty noticeable. But the difference between an $18 bottle and a $28 bottle is going to be much less. And then kind interesting. of anything above that. And again, 
Um, there are there are people out there who people to wine are mat to beer. There are um, a gazillion people out there who could you know tell me the the intricacies of all the different wines out there. So I know as a um, uh, what's what's the name for a, a, a wine luddite? That is my rule of thumb, uh, and I'll tell you the the wines I've been enjoying with with the lady friend are $12 bottles of Argentinian Malbec, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. It's very tasty. Um, you know, we, we did a wine blending class as part of our, um, one of our first couple dates. Hopefully oh. we can pick up that bottle, cool. uh, our bottles <clears throat> in the next four weeks or so, and we can try that out too, but yeah, I know nothing. Um, usually I'll call my dad and be like, what's well, a nice bottle I can bring as a gift. Cause I don't know what the hell I'm worrying about. So is your dad into wine? Oh, my parents are hugely into wine. How are they? I didn't realize that. They're like legit enophiles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's cool. So um, they were into wine a lot, oh, much, much, much earlier than they were beer. Oh, interesting. So Mama Root, if you're listening, no offense was intended. I'm just joking. I know that there are lots of people with more sophisticated palates than oh, me that no, actually no, 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 that no. actually can tell the difference. They're the ones that gave me that rule of thumb. Don't yeah. you, you don't worry at all. It, it's because I will now that we're gonna now that you brought it up, we're gonna go into it. I bought mom and pop root a $50 bottle of Cabernet one year for their anniversary. And they were, they were, Oh, Oh honey. Oh, you know, they, they were so, they were so gracious that I bought it for them. Um, but when I told them how much it was, they were like, um, <laughs> like they, they still had the bottle. It's a very beautiful bottle. It's got a painted handprint of the winemaker right on the bottle. Oh, cool. uh, but I definitely got upsold by the person at Harborview <laughs> Liquors in Syracuse. Um, so they, you know, again, that was kind of where they were, you know, they were part of that, that. Like, you know, even they don't normally drink really expensive wine like that. They can find what they really like in that, you know, $15 to $35 range, you know. Cool. Um, cool. And again, yeah, you know, so don't worry. You did not offend them. Yeah. They are, they are my, my guides. And that's yeah. why my dad is like, when we'll drink bourbon, he's like, oh, I get oaky and, and leather notes. It's like, I'm like, I don't get it. I just get vanilla, caramel, and wood. Right, right. But I love the idea, Cal. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. yeah. So that would be fun to do. And actually a bourbon, bourbon is something I'd be willing to like shell out a little extra for an, for for one at some point. Because I do notice a little bit more differences there. Um, so like as a treat, that could be kind of fun. Let's do some, yeah. let's do some research. We can like... Uh, Maybe do it around our holiday episode. Oh yeah, that could yeah, be nice. Something like that. Yeah, I actually I'm sitting next to a fireplace and we're we're hoping to uh, to to get it going this winter. Ooh, so I can be uh, cleaned out. Well, we got to Yeah, we got to check into all of that. Oh, Colin, do you yeah. have a fireplace? Oh, you know we do. Oh shit, we need to do a fireside that? chat. Fireside episode. bourbon episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds Adi pretty fucking good. I would love that. She would be a live audience, uh, live studio audience member. Yes. Again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never told you the the story about uh, how Toddy almost killed us all. I don't think so. <laughs> Stella had to be, it was Christmas of 2020. Uh, right around that time, because one of the firefighters stepped on a on a christmas light i'll never forget <laughs> uh middle of the night our uh carbon monoxide detector went off oh that's scary and uh it was because um she closed the the uh the flute of the the chimney and um it wasn't like really bad i mean it, who knows how bad it like actually could have gotten it was bad enough that the carbon monoxide alarm went off um and so you know we called the the fire department at like two o'clock in the morning and uh you know they came and um they were like you know they even said they were like it it wasn't that bad but you know we we cleared everything out you guys are you know good to go back in and everything but like stella was looking all over the place like the first time she had ever been up (laughs) that late at night (laughs) but i was like wow I, you know, we check the the fire alarms and the in the CO two monitors. Ooh, hot tip for people too. Uh, very common for Airbnbs or any of those type of rentals outside of hotels. Um, it says it in the listing if they have a carbon monoxide mm-hmm. detector, but it's really simple to get one that you can travel with. You should always bring one with you because a you never know if it's working. 
Um, I mean, you could test it if you want, I guess, but B, it's just good to have a backup just in case either they, they lie about it on the listing or they don't have it. Um, it's like one of the worst ways to die, I, now, I think. And, and while we're going over it, safety, Matt stepping in here. If your carbon monoxide detector goes off, what's the first thing you do, guys? Go open a fucking window right away. Yes. Right yeah, yeah. away. If you have a headache, stick your head out the window right away. Um, okay. Because the headaches, the, the symptom you're going to get before you pass out. So get outside as quick as you possibly can. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that was what we, Scary. you'd have to ask Toddy. She's probably going to be embarrassed that we told yeah. uh, the story. Yeah, oh, okay, it. fine. Yeah. You know what? In Super Bowl Sunday during a blizzard in Cleveland, I was preparing a soup for the Super Bowl party that I was going to. <laughs> and I burned the shit out of bacon while I was wearing my underwear. So, you know what? <laughs> it was in the fraternity house when I was the house parent. It automatically called the fire department. Uh, I had to first put pants on. And then <laughs> so I was standing outside in gym shorts and a t-shirt in the snow. And I just walked out my pan of burnt bacon to the fire department. And went, it was me. So oh. yeah, that shit happens. Holy know. shit. Oh man. That's wow. a great story too. Okay. So now when I make that specific soup, I buy pre-cooked bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Nice. I'll make it for you guys one of these days. It's my mom's recipe for a clone of Olive Garden's Tuscan soup. Super bad for you. Super bad. It's like cream, potatoes, sausage, bacon, and kale. But, but delicious. I like quadruple the kale in there, so it makes me feel like I'm healthy, but I'm still good. <laughs> also, this will be my fireside chat audience member. The podcast. Nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. Yeah, purr, purr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I heard a purr. Thought I did. <laughs> Second ago. <clears throat> yeah, okay, get down. Get down. Sweet. All right. Well, now that we've bored the listeners for uh, probably at least 25. No, no. They got embarrassing stories. They got good safety tips. They got brewery history. They got bourbon notes. They got wine drinking tips. This is an episode chock full of valuable tidbits. A lot of of different tidbits. I I will will give you that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Valuable. We'll, we'll leave to the uh, the audience to assess that for us and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, let us know. Uh, I guess before whatever whatever you guys want to talk about, I am down. Um, I will say two things. Uh, first thing, I will just give a quick shout out to Cousin Greg, the Stinky Phillies, as uh, his boys. Um, well, I refer to them as stinky Phillies because he his boys refer to the Yankees as the stinky Yankees. Oh. <laughs> uh, so um rooting hard for them. Yep, because <laughs> fuck the Astros. Those fucking yeah. cheaters. Uh and uh you know, two one right now, up two one in the series. I don't know what the score is. Uh zero zero. I just checked third inning. Okay, zero zero. Let's go, the, baby. The Take cheapest uh, stub hub seats were like a thousand bucks today. Oh my god, really? Yeah. yeah. Also, um, a quick note about the Phillies. Um, apparently the Astros have been calling around town looking for catering and they had two different famous Philadelphia restaurants. Tell them fuck off. Oh my <laughs> God. Off, but like, one of the guys, Mike's barbecue posted a video of like, there's no way in hell I'm cooking meat or m- cooking food for those Astros. Oh my God. Hilarious. Um, That's like great. Mike's barbecue and Angelo's pizza <clears throat> or Angelo's sandwiches or something like that. Both said like, fuck no. We're not going to cater for you guys. So, so good. Amazing. Yeah. Way to so go good. Philadelphia. Yeah. Cousin Greg, I, if you're listening to this and the Phillies win, meet me downtown on Saturday for a beer. That'd um, be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah seriously. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I just to wanted beer, to do. You don't actually have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention really quickly. I, I think it's probably worse for me because in October, there are three sports, whereas like for you guys, traditionally, there's really only two sports. But this year, if you cared about SU football, there was a third sport to throw in there. Um, October, I've now officially like dedicated to being called spooky season uh, because I almost never come out of October with all my dreams intact still. Mm-hmm. Like the Yankees are usually eliminated. Penn State loses a game. They're they're done. They lost two games in October. So they're certainly done for the national championship this year. 
Uh, and the Giants are usually terrible, but they couldn't even get out of October undefeated, although they are six and two heading into their uh, bye week this week. So that's been a pleasant surprise. But What's Saquon do this past week? Uh, he did well. Well, scored touch touchdown 70 something yards. Seven, okay. All right. Not yeah. great. Not well, not terrible. Yeah. Um, Gino fucking Smith was slinging the ball. He looked like Aaron Rodgers on a couple of throws, like vintage Aaron Rodgers. I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but anyway, uh, I, ju- I just wanted to, to let you guys know that here on forward, whenever October comes around, just know that I may get a little moody. Uh, I may be very excited going into October, but very quickly things will get likely turn around. Yeah. I was even thinking, I meant to look it up, but I think there's only been two times this century that Penn state has gone into November undefeated. Uh, Once was 2019. That one I know for sure. And they promptly lost the first weekend of November. I think maybe 2008, they went into November undefeated uh, and lost to Iowa uh, for their only uh, regular season loss. But the last time that they like were truly deep into it was in the nineties. Um, and then, you know, the giants have, have had their success and obviously the Yankees have had their success too, but the last 10 years have been brutal. Um, you know, just not I'm, a lot of fun in October. I'm going to curse you though. Every time you say spooky season, cause I think that's the dumbest phrase ever, but <laughs> um, every freaking Halloween, hack newscaster on a morning show in the country. Ooh, it's spooky season. <laughs> well, it truly is spooky season when you have fucking Aaron Judge hitting the same baseball that everyone else hits at that launch angle. And with that speed off the bat, it goes like traditionally it'll it'll go 414 feet and his ball goes 380 something feet and gets caught at the top of the wall. Like, what the fuck else are you going to contribute? To it. it's it's fucking spooky. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Obviously, you should hit but... the ball harder. Mm. <laughs> he hit the ball a hundred and something miles an hour off his bat. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, Schwarber hit it like 119 miles an hour. Off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we need to, you know, uh, we need to accept. Like, obviously, they had a special start, but everything went right, and once all the injuries hit, can I? Can I say one thing, two uh-huh. things, two things I want to say, and then I'm just not going to talk probably for the rest of the podcast and <laughs> you guys can say all you want. The first thing is I don't want to hear, especially from Matt, um, but anyone else, I don't want to ever <laughs> hear again any any comp between Josh Donaldson and Gio, Gio Urshela. Like the people who are trying to make comps. Oh, yeah. You wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. When did I make a comp? I'm, I'm not. I just, I'm just saying I just you would be the you would be the type of season. you would be the type of person. No, that would no, no, no. He needs to be gone. Yeah. Well. Okay. Anyway, I'm I'm so sick of people making this comp because that it was not like it was this straight up switch for Josh Donaldson. The reason they made that trade was get to get a shortstop and to get rid of Gary Sanchez, and yeah. they just had to take on the fifty million dollars in Josh Donaldson. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I'm gonna. Like Never. I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. Uh, second thing. Um, God, I got so, so, so fired up. The, yeah. The, the second thing. Um, you want me to just vamp a little bit oh, while you, uh, there you go. No, no, no. Here it is. You cannot convince me that the Philadelphia Phillies have a better roster construction than the New York Yankees. You cannot convince me. So I do not want to hear that Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner don't do enough for that organization to get over the hump. The Phillies are a fucking train wreck when, when it comes to certain things. And they have just gotten hot at the right time and gotten lucky in some cases. Yes, they have some really great players, but you cannot convince me that the Phillies have a better roster than the Maybe Yankees. they're just being managed better. that that part partially could be true well i want to get i want to get into that if we want to if we want to get into all of that we can or if we want to wait until like the true off season we can whatever you guys want but um the one thing i'll say colin i don't i don't disagree with that last point necessarily but after all the injuries like if we take a look at the alcs roster we were just putting out i mean it was it was nothing special it was honestly it was pretty scary to look at 
I mean, Nestor Cortez. Spooky, some might say. Spooky. It was spooky. <laughs> Aaron Judge is the only, like, reliable offensive threat. Rizzo, when he's on, but he's streaky. Uh, same with G. Glaber is okay, right? Okay. Okay. Let, let, I'm, I, I will completely shut up after this. <laughs> you, you are potentially making valid points, but you are making points based on the fact that you watch the Yankees more than any other team. I just find it hard to believe that there are not streaky players on the Phillies. That there, there are yeah, not, yeah, yeah. there sure. are not players like Didi was on the team, you know, to start the season. They've, they've had to replace with younger people with no names with you yeah, know, whatever fair enough. it is like. I, so you may be making valid points, but like, I don't, I don't even know if we can make a fair comparison without actually knowing as much about the Phillies as we do about the Yankees. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. And so in, in my case, then let's just not even say that it's about comparing so much in anymore, but just the idea that like <clears throat> the confidence that we felt early in the year in the roster, I mean, for the way everybody was playing at the time, it was totally, you know, it was totally reasonable. Um, but after everybody came back down to earth, except for judge, um, and all the injuries set in, like, it was not a good looking roster and you know uh, granted injuries really fucked us right like if dj hadn't gotten hurt if uh benintendi hadn't gotten hurt who knows he might have been like a really solid bat for us no no power but i mean he was hitting 300 not that we care about batting average but like he might have been you know a really a really valuable part of the lineup and then obviously you know people like uh uh well holmes did come back but people like michael king and zach Britton, that you know that goes with chad green obviously that that all goes without saying but um yeah it was like obviously we hate the astros but like the astros are really fucking good and they have all their big guys i think i don't think any of their big people are are hurt and um like it's no surprise we got swept so I mean, I think it's a surprise we got swept. Um, I just what what type of psychological hold do the Astros have over the Yankees? Like That's what a the good Phillies, question. What the Phillies did last night to the Astros stomped them. They have the the Yankees haven't done that to the Astros since maybe like game what four or five of what was that like, like twenty seventeen or I think of yeah the twenty seventeen where you know the Astros just looked completely helpless and that's how they looked yesterday and you know who knows there's there's a long series still to play and and everything but i'm like how can the phillies pound them seven nothing hit five home runs yeah and and the yankees like can barely score one barely yeah i I don't know well while we're talking spooky season i'm gonna bring up a scary word oh joke joke Choke. Oh, choke. You've got the team that led the league in defensive runs saved make key errors in games three and four. Wait, we led the league in, in defensive runs saved? Yes. Holy fuck. I didn't yes. know that. Didn't IKF make a really big error in game four? Uh, IKF and Bader. And he was excellent. Oh, and yeah. Bader we know. Well, Bader, okay, in Bader's case... I mean, I'm not blaming I'm not blaming him entirely. Yeah, Judge like ran in front of him. Uh, I don't know. That was I mean, that was just a garbage play in general. But okay, anyway, Hick, sorry, Matt, keep going. Hick, Hicks and Oswaldo. Then, you know, like I mean, you know, yeah. Like, f- first of all, by the way, Hicks can go suck some eggs and get off uh, the team. Yeah, um, really, really a bummer. We need to do like a Carl Crawford, Josh Beckett trade and get rid of Hicks and Donaldson and send them to fucking Miramar. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but like, uh, um, you know, so I mean, yeah, it could um, be as simple as the Phillies, the Philly sluggers showed up, you know, I mean, Aaron, Aaron judge again, suddenly looked uh, by the way, I'm not going to boob judge. I uh, like the fucking Yankees. Idiot. Oh, that's something actually I do want to talk about. Uh, so no, no, I'm not going to like judge was amazing. Um, but he looked like he was back in his rookie season swinging at some of those breaking balls again, which is nuts because even in the Cleveland series, if you remember in 2020 when they faced off against Cy Young award winner Shane Bieber for the Cleveland, then Indians, now Guardians, um, they were take like they they had a plan. They took every breaking ball that was low because it was going to end out of the seat, out of the out of the strike zone. 
They made him look, I mean, they chased him in early in the game. And this year it was just the opposite. Like, I mean, that Cleveland, I love, I love, I love Cleveland. You guys know that, but that series should have gone to five games. We were the better team. Yeah. We, we played a division of three other winning teams plus the Red Sox versus a division full of no other team with a winning record. Like we were the better team. Um, you know, even though they won like three or four gold gloves, but anyway, you know, we were the better team. So, yeah, I actually really quickly want to talk just a little bit. I want to add a little bit to the defensive, um, the defensive comment because so <clears throat> the super interesting. And so I've just been checking a few guys, uh, their defensive runs saved this year. And obviously measuring defense can be tough and there are different, different measurements that people rely on. Um, from what I can see, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, the, the stat minded people do seem to place like the most emphasis on defensive runs saved. This, this does seem to be, uh, sort of the go-to for defense now in the way that war is for, for, you know, uh, an all encompassing stat. Yeah. So a couple things I want to point out, um, just to Matt's point about, I mean, I knew the Yanks were good on D this year. I didn't know we led the league. IKF was sixth among shortstops, I think, or seventh, which is excellent. Um, Josh Donaldson, as horrible as he was on offense, he was like seventh among third basemen. So he was top 10 defender by DRS. Um, Glaber was, I think, fifth, I just saw. Fifth among second baseman, which is really outstanding. And one point I want to make is um, I love Anthony Rizzo. People love to talk about him being great defensively. Um, and he was earlier in his career, uh, but not the last couple of years. He, he was, he was garbage this year. He was 27th. Um, so, you know, with defense, we have to, we have to not rely so much on our eyes, even though we want to, right? We see somebody make a really nice play. We see Derek Jeter make that jumping throw in the hole and we think, oh gosh, he's so good. But what you're not, you know, what you don't, recognizes all of the balls that get past him because he has no range. Right. And that's why he was such a bad defensive shortstop. And so that's, that's why we can't really trust our eyes in that sense. Um, but I just wanted to point that out, but very cool. And, and I mean, I gotta say, I like having a team that was like really good defensively. I knew we were good. I didn't know we were leading the league. <clears throat> Choke's a good word, Matt. Yeah. It's a scary word. It's a scary word. Spooky. It's that C word that we don't like here. Yeah. Oh, let's okay. So let's talk about let's talk about Judge uh, for a minute and getting booed. And obviously, there's been a lot of speculation on what he's going to do as a free agent. You know, lots of people are saying the Yankees have to have to get him back no matter what. Lots of people are saying that, um, you know, maybe they'll chicken out because of the money or maybe he is sick of New York after getting booed in the playoffs after having like a top five offensive season of all time. Um, And frankly, I kind of, I mean, I'm not making any predictions, but if I were him, I'd be kind of feeling the the last one. Like if I was getting booed in the playoffs after the year that I just had, I would, I would be really pissed. Um, and also I've, I've read that there are rumors that he, um, he's pretty upset with how other people were made to feel by the fans. Um, now I get it right. Like in, in these sports, the fans can, they can, they can do what they want. They can, they can boo, blah, 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 blah. But booing judge in the playoffs. I know he was horrible in the playoffs, but booing him after the year he had to me is unfathomable and, and, and really fucking dumb. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about that. But like, as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he decides, you know what, fuck this place. I'm going back to California. I don't, I mean, don't want to deal did with this. unfollow the Yankees on social media. Ooh. Yeah. There um, you go. I don't, I don't, I can imagine someone out West plopping a, Half, half billion dollar contract in front of him just just saying yeah um yeah i i think about like not only did was he upset at how his teammates were treated he also at, at least one point this year had to run out to the outfield to stop a fight between an opposing uh player and fans in right field so, yeah right um i will say the energy was when I was there walking around during the rain delay was just for a rain delay for a game that hadn't even started was on the brink of unruly. Like, um, you know, everyone yelling, fuck Josh Naylor, 
Like I can take the fuck Rob Manfred quote chance. That's fine. I'm ha- I'm I'm here for that. That's but a commissioner's just, job. Yeah. You know, it was it was pretty it was pretty nasty walking around that place uh, throughout the day. Um, Interesting. So I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him. I really wouldn't. And yeah. uh, I I feel like it's kind of a slap in the face. Remember how the season started, right? The Yankees. Not only you know so whatever they didn't come to an agreement. That's fine. But the Yankees held a press conference to put the contract out there to say, well, he didn't take his money. Blah, 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 blah. Like, what yeah. are you going to accomplish there other than making him look bad, the Yankees? Like, yeah, that's that really a dick how you move. want to start a season off with someone you're trying to keep? By, yeah, that was oh, a well, shitty move. Money. Well, yeah, guess what? You, you didn't offer him nearly enough. Yeah, shitty move by the Yankees leaking that. Absolutely. Fuck you, Randy Levine. Yeah, or whoever. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Colin? Uh, I don't know. This is this is a hard one. Um, booing judge after the year he just had. Oh, that, I mean that part of it. Yeah, I mean it's it's fucking stupid. Okay, but, all right, all right. You know what? What he's thinking or what the? Uh, I'll read you. I'll read you guys a, a couple tweets um, from Andy Martino. Oh, real quick, Jose Trevino, number one in defensive runs saved in the league. Oh, love. Yeah. And I mean, I knew he got the gold glove, but that's actually backed up by DRS. That's fucking amazing. All right. Sorry, Colin, continue. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the, the quotes say more than one Yankee player has told his agent this week that playing at the stadium last weekend was a, a unusually brutal experience. It was hard for many teammates to believe that fans booed judge. Um, Surprised by the tone of fan and media reaction, rivals were shocked too. One longtime exec texted texted to say he was struck by the irrational opinions on Cashman and Boone. I get it's the World Series or bust, but damn, they're spoiled. Yeah. The gap between industry and fan perceptions of Cashman and Boone is particularly striking. Yes. Rivals consider Cashman one of the greatest executives in sports and say that Boone will immediately become a coveted free agent if the Yankees fire him narrator they're not firing him they've already said he's coming back uh not cashman yet though uh cashman and boone can take it though they're not going anywhere unless hal steinbrenner tells them to and while that's not expected we're still awaiting word and there are no guarantees either way um now the clubhouse itself feels crushed under the weight of that brand more than i've ever seen players don't want to be yankees the team needs to find a way to change the message and tone though after all these years doing so might be near impossible yeah okay Uh, okay 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 but speaking of changing the tone they gotta start do you you guys heard about what happened before game four right oh that's true yeah we didn't talk about that so so that was their and mental not, health coach, the apparently. Tone is not just like basically to be to be uh, quick. One of the coaches to try and change the tone showed footage of the Yank or the Red Sox three nothing series comeback against the Yankees <laughs> as motivation for the Yankees to try and come back against the the Astros. Um, like, what yeah. the hell are you thinking? Mental. I mean, that was the mental health coach, is what I read. Yeah. Is that it, it was his idea, and that's kind of shocking because men, mental health is supposed to obviously be his specialty. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems 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 like maybe uh, maybe not the wisest move. Yeah. Well, listen, I the reason I'm struggling is because I don't a I don't agree with everything that was that was said in those quotes. Um, I agree partially with the Cashman and Boone assessments. I don't agree that this is the worst atmosphere for Yankee players in team history. I mean, seriously, have people really forgotten what it was like in the 80s and the early 90s to play for the New York Yankees? I mean, do do we need to dig up the stories about Greg Maddox and all these great players actually saying no to playing for the Yankees? I mean, that doesn't happen these days. I mean, players get locked up early because of extensions and the way that money happens. But when they get on the market and the Yankees want them, the Yankees get their player. The Yankees got Garrett Cole. (laughs) 
the Yankees didn't want Patrick Corbin. That's why he's not with the Yankees. I don't know. The Yankees I mean, didn't want Bryce Harper. That's why he's not with the Didn't Yankees. we want Justin Verlander? I think they offered him a contract. But if they really wanted Justin Verlander, they would have blown it out. The I don't point know. I, is, I, I, just, the, I disagree with you if the Yankees want him, the Yankees get him. I, I don't know if I feel like that. that's the case who? the past couple of years. Who? Uh, Shohei Otani. So oh, that's all right. That's a good that's one. That's not that's not Yankees. That was a that was he wanted to be on the West Coast so he could mm. be closer to Japan. Mm. But if the Yankees wanted him, they should get him, right? By your logic, if the Yankees want him, they should get him. Okay. Okay, but but Shohei Otani did not say no for the reason that Greg Maddox said no because all, of what, the, the, the Yankees probably wanted Mike Trout too, right? Yeah, but you can't get Mike Trout when he's getting locked up with an extension. Well, he, yeah, he, he never, he yeah, he never became a yeah, free agent. He never no, 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 market. he didn't become a free agent. But it was very clear before he even signed the deal that the Yankees wanted him. Yeah, but again, so, but he he took the deal anyway. Matthew, you like to poke the bear. I, I, yeah. I am I am poking a lot because there's a lot of instances now where the Yankees have missed out on marquee free agents. I I, I think it's not no, as an attractive no. place to go. No, no, no. Max Scherzer. No, no. Twice. Max Scherzer twice. Did they want Scherzer? I, yeah, I, don't, want I don't think Scherzer. they did. Why wouldn't they? Want I want to know how many people they've offered contracts to right. and, that, that and, have and turned got, them down. That have I, I have a feeling we that's what I want to know. I mean, think about the number of players that have no trade clauses to go to the Yankees. That's just as, as damning as them turning on a free agent contract. If they say, you can't trade me to the Yankees. I don't want to play for them. Give me the list. It's probably five people. Give me the list. More than that. I will, I will research and find <laughs> it. I want the list. Uh. All right. This is just my opinion, but I just don't think it's that bad. And I don't think it's that unprecedented for the way that the fans are acting. I'm not saying that it's right. And I'm not saying that even the players should put up with it. But I'm not saying, but I, I just don't agree with the assessment that it's like this shit show in new york right now like it just that doesn't seem right to me um does judge want to leave because players have been booing his buddies on the yankees that i also find really hard to believe um i mean i know we just crushed the mental skills guy but this guy cleared judge I wrote about this in my book to be mentally fit to play for New York. And I think he has shown in pretty much every way that he is very clearly fit to play in New York. He can handle that pressure. Um, now, does he want to continue to handle the pressure that just is upon him? That may be a different story. Maybe he is over it. Maybe he does want to go somewhere else. And and I can totally respect that, but for it to be motivated for him to be motivated to move on because of how his teammates have been treated. That part, I don't know if I necessarily buy. Um, I think he would be more upset, you know, especially hearing the way that like Jeter has, has started to come out since he's left his role with the Marlins and he hasn't exactly directly bashed Cashman, but it is very clear that him and Cashman still have a very cold relationship and he is not happy about those negotiations that happened in 2010 that I also wrote about in my book. Um, and Brian Cashman was not wrong in those negotiations. Derek Jeter was wrong in this situation, but that doesn't matter, you know, at the end of the day. And Aaron Judge may feel the exact same way. I don't think Brian Cashman was wrong in the in the offer that the Yankees made him, but after the season he had and you know what he's done, Aaron judge may be like, all right, peace. I mean, the difference is Aaron judge hasn't won a world series and Derek Jeter had five of them by that point, you know, so you, you can say what you want about that, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I want judge to stay, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be heartbroken if the Yankees don't want to pay him $35 million a year for the next 10 years and completely crush their, their payroll. Um, yeah. And I mean, what are the chances that he's still like a good player, even a serviceable player after 35? I don't know. It's very, very risky. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I answered the question or even what the original thing was, but I'm just put off by the fact that 
there there seems to be this narrative that New York is all of a sudden a bad place to play. Oh. I, I just don't buy it. Um, three three very limited Googling. Uh, Zach Greinke, Max Scherzer, Joey Votto. Three no trade clauses to the Yankees. Yep. Give me more than five. Really? I'll find them. Granky, huh? Granky and know, Scherzer. We knew, we knew Granky. I knew Granky. I didn't yeah, know Granky. Granky, Granky. That's why I was actually surprised that he went to the Dodgers. Because I, I, I just don't, I don't understand this whole like LA is a smaller market thing. Yeah, like, no, that doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. But that's why the Yankees never went after him uh, when he. I think when he went to the Dodgers, or no, when who did he get traded to? The the Brewers, maybe. Whenever he, whenever he got traded from the uh, the Royals, the Yankees never seriously oh, went after him because he had the no trade because he said it was like he couldn't handle. He knew he was a Sunny Gray. He's like, I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> he just had the awareness. You know, Votto though, v- Votto and Scherzer. That's really interesting. Bumgarner, Bumgarner, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he sucks. So I don't. That's an old one too. He's not an active player. Chris Bryant. I mean, he did play this year. He sucks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not good anymore. But speaking of um bashing New York as a place to play, did you guys see the the Jose Canseco thing? Yes. So yes. fucking funny. Oh my god, yes he is, but it's I got to say it's pretty good entertainment value. <laughs> People who are listening if you're interested in baseball, go and google what Jose Canseco tweeted about the Yankees and and Aaron Judge. It's really hilarious. Basically, he was just bashing New York and telling Judge to go somewhere else. But then at the end, apparently, of his little tweet storm, he wrote something about, by the way, Aaron Judge, I can still hit a softball farther than you can hit a baseball. Uh, if you want to see, just contact me or something like that. Like He's this, so- this dude, this dude is fucking unhinged. Like he is off his rocker. Holy shit. I mean, we knew that. But oh my God, like what? And ask, ask Jose Canseco, who, uh, who gave him the only World Series ring of his career? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. True. Man, but yeah, that that shit cracked me up. No, it's really funny. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to be. I I've told both of you that I'm I'm okay with with Cashman moving into a different position and bringing in someone else to be the general manager. Like I'm not trying to be this person that just is like Cashman doesn't do anything wrong. The Yankees don't do anything wrong, but. Oh my God! The New York is a shitty place to play. I just, no, I just I, can't. I, I just can't buy that. I, I don't. I mean, as much as I've been poking, I don't think that's the case either. But um, what I will say is, we've gone through this multiple times throughout the year about the impact of a manager. I do think there was a lot of negative impact from a manager in the ALCS. Yeah. Um, whether it was constantly changing the starting lineup of the batting order. Why were the hell were you playing Matt Carpenter when he hadn't seen a, a major league pitch in two months? Yeah. What were Finish. you doing at third base? Like, it, like, or excuse me, at shortstop, not third base, at shortstop. Like, why was Clark Schmidt in a high leverage position? Where, where was Domingo Herman? Um, like, just a number of different, very questionable decisions. Now, yeah. we've talked about it. You know, he had a, a bunch of, he, he was artificially limited by injury, a lot of really shitty injury. Yeah. And, you know, Carpenter, if Carpenter comes back and he even hits one home run in the ALCS, Boone looks like a genius. And the track record from the year shows <laughs> that that's a good, a good possibility considering Carpenter fucking showed up and hit 15 home runs and 200 at-bats. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> or whatever, how many, you know, 150 yeah. at-bats or whatever he had. So, um you know, it, it very easy, the 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 line between genius and fucking idiot is very thin. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, uh, more more choices than not ended up on fucking idiot. Mm. Yeah. I wondered, um, you know, even before there was this really thought provoking article written in the Atlantic, I think. Uh, Joe Paz talked about it. Ethan, maybe maybe you saw it about I, how analytics has. Um, kind of ruined the game i didn't read it yet but i heard about it yeah yeah and um you know what matt when you were talking about clark um clark schmidt what was it game one of the alcs uh one or two 
or no, 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 it was game four of the ALDS. Game three or game four of the ALDS. And um, the reason he was pitching was because apparently Clay Holmes wasn't available to go two straight games um, and, and whatever it is. And I, I just, I was thinking at the time and I'm like, I, I don't know all the health details and you know, I don't know how those decisions all get made, but I was like, if you're a manager these days, especially in baseball, like it's, it's probably bad in all sports, but in baseball, holy crap, has it got to be difficult to make a fucking decision on your own without people from all these different departments being in your ear mm-hmm. about what to do and why you, sh- why you shouldn't, I mean, they got to be so risk averse uh, that, it, that it's got to be ridiculously hard to, to pull a trigger and, and just like be lightning quick. Like you need to be sometimes, I mean, the fact that Lance McCullers was pitching and gave up five homers yesterday in a world series game, like what? What was Dusty Baker doing? I know that he's got, was he's got like five thousand relievers, amazing who, relievers. Who were all better than Mariano Rivera. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I don't whoa, know what he was whoa. thinking. <laughs> whoa, there! Why don't we? Let's, we can look at the numbers. I I don't know. I don't think that that is that much of an exaggeration. I mean, maybe not for the course of a career. Ryan Stanek, Ryan the Rays. Ryan Stanek was fucking ridiculous this year. This yeah. year, but he's not better than Mariano. Maybe, maybe not over the course of a career. Maybe not in the postseason. But for Open one for the season, Rays, right now, Miami like, Marlins cast off. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it just made me think. Like the question we asked hundreds of times already on this podcast, like how much influence does a manager have? And then I just wonder, like, how much say do they actually get? I don't know. Saying Ryan Stanek's not going to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> that is, I will agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, he, he's he's in the Hall of Shame for people-wise things. But, I mean, <laughs> but throwing that baseball, man, he's a good guy. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. Well. Anything well, else yeah. for How tonight? How about that Kanye West? Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just like the idea that even, well, well, first of all, did he do his research? Like when he barges into Skechers, Skechers is owned by a Jewish family. Like, come on, man. What the fuck? <laughs> SNL, SNL did a really great skit on that. Oh, they did? I got to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely worthwhile. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Go vote. Early voting is open everywhere. Go fucking vote by the time this next episode is recorded it will be past election yeah day. i voted today same here nice drop my ballot in the battle box now it's weird because like in kentucky when i voted like i went to the there library. were people with shotguns waiting no uh, no 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 in kentucky it was like <laughs> like the person at the library was like 50 feet away and said oh you're voting yep right there and just put it in and i walked away in pennsylvania the ballot box was wasn't even inside it was outside the library there were two people standing there. I'm assuming they were like one had an ID badge on from the Department of Elections. The other, I don't know. Um, and there was like a webcam, like videotaping me as I dropped my ballot. It was very weird. That was very weird today. But yeah, we went. I got my sticker. Voting site. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So vote. Um, do we want to give? World Series predictions because that'll be over by the time we record too. I think Phillies are winning. Um, How many? Um, well, right now it's zip zip in the fifth. Um, man, I kind of, I mean, it would make me happy if it was Phillies in five, but I think Phillies in six is more likely. I'll go Phillies in six. Yeah, Phillies are being no hit right now. Yeah. If the Phillies pulled it out tonight. I would say Phillies in five, but I'll say more likely Phillies in seven. Believe in okay. gritty. Believe in the f- fanatic. Phillies in five. Phillies in five. I like it. He's going to burn down. So shout out to cousin Greg. We're all rooting for the Phillies. Fuck the Astros. Shout out to uh, Toddy for her promotion. 
<laughs> Invest in bonds, move your money out of stocks. Every time the Phillies win the World Series, it's an economic downturn. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> conservative, conservative portfolios right now, everyone. <laughs> uh, super funny. Yeah, shout out to Toddy for being a fucking boss. <laughs> oh, Good job, Toddy. It's tough living here. <laughs> all right boys well i think we did it again we did we are not undefeated we are still ranked higher than syracuse <laughs> everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.